Off the bat, first thing I'd like to discuss is I was doing some flying recently, and I'd like to point out that this is a simple thing to fix, that there are a lot of bathroom doors out there that are just opening up the wrong way. They open up into the stall. They open up into the stall with not enough room. Most people, you're traveling with your luggage. It, it shouldn't be a jigsaw puzzle to try and take a shit before you get onto a plane. This should be a very simple thing where you open up the door outward so you can just walk in. I mean, do, do they not have engineers where they're countless incidents of people finishing taking a dump and just kicking open the stall door open and just like knocking out some old dude who's at a urinal or something there's enough space those, those doors how bad is the echo by the way i feel like i feel like batman in this room really pissing off these other neighbors in the hotel um but saint my saint michael he's got my back here and he said fuck yeah can we trade bitcoin for penis inches how much how much bitcoin you got how much bitcoin do you have and how much are you willing to send my way to my wallet so that maybe i will have an answer to your question about how you can spend your Bitcoin for more inches of penis. What's the exact ratio? How much, St. Michael, how much would you spend per inch? How much Bitcoin are you giving up for an extra inch of penis? Uh, all right, let's get into some actual news topics because, you know, I, I want to go skiing and I got things to discuss. Off the bat, here's been the biggest topic of this past week is uh, there's been scrutiny of uh, one of the Supreme Court justices. Apparently, he's got this wife. His wife's all up on January 6th stuff making a whole big stink, writing into the presidents and the, and the other people talking about Krakens. And now they're trying to say that perhaps, uh, you know, Justice Thomas, he shouldn't be able to be on the Supreme Court anymore. Maybe he uh, defied the ethics of being a judge and that he was influenced by his wife. And I just want to point out that Clarence Thomas is obviously a very smart individual. He's a Christian conservative man. And don't you think he's read the Bible and knows not to listen to his wife? I mean, it's the first story in the Bible. The first story in the Bible is, man, you know, you're going to have a wife and it's going to be nice to have them around because it's not good to be alone and you want to be able to dump your cum into something. But don't listen to them. You listen to them. You start eating apples or the next thing you know, you're convinced that there's a Kraken and that and that the government's going to release the Kraken and that Trump actually won the presidency. I mean, what evidence do we have that, that Clarence Thomas is so dumb that he actually listens to his wife? Is anyone is anyone really going to take the stand to make that kind of an accusation? And that's got to be tough when you are a Supreme Court justice and you're coming home every like, you know, the law. No one knows the law better than you. You, you know the way these things work. And then you're sitting down at dinner and your wife's like, no, no, honey, you don't understand. He won and they have the evidence, but they're just not showing us the evidence. But they really have it. And you just have to sit there and eat and pretend like you care. And it, that's got it. That's got it. You, honey, we can't discuss this. I'm a Supreme Court justice. I can't I can't discuss this with you. So here are the claims. This is from The Washington Post. Virginia Thomas urged White House chief to pursue unrelenting efforts to overturn the 2020 election tech show. And then here's how dumb his wife is. Uh, in one message sent in the days after the election, she urged the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to release the Kraken and save us, uh, save the left from taking America down. I mean, the stupidity, like they just had it. They just had the information. I'm still waiting on this Kraken. I mean, they, they, they really played their cards on, on some giant piece of information that never existed. It's like a YouTube video where they tell you, hey, we're going to fix your life, but you got to go buy this course. And then if you buy that course, they reference another course. And then and then you keep going down these courses. And the next thing you know, you're a Scientologist. You're like, I, why am I? Why have I shaved my head and given my life over to Scientology? Um, All right, quick plug for our Find sponsor Sheath Underwear. You go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM, you get 25% off. Yesterday I was skiing, I was wearing my sheaths. They got the long johns. 
and it felt like I was wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. No, it's the most comfortable pants I've ever worn. And it was spring skiing. Spring skiing is uh, is a good time. You know, I actually, I goofed on spring skiing in my comedy set. Maybe on the next episode, I'll put that audio up. Um, but, you know, spring skiing is tough because you can get sweaty balls out there because you think you got to dress for the cold because you're skiing. And the next thing you know, there's all these sexy men and they're not even wearing shirts. And you're like, holy shit, I'm overdressed. But since I was wearing that sheath liner, Within my uh, within my snow pants, I was fine. I, I mean, I was I was sweating, but like it was just absorbing. Never got cold. Never got too uncomfortable. It was perfect. And I can only imagine if you're out there in the freezing cold, what that moisture wicking can do for you. And then, since it's all just one piece of fabric, there's no like you know sometimes there's a break between shorts, and then you got to kind of feel like pants against your leg. I'm just telling you, if you're an active person in any capacity whatsoever. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code RYM. Get yourself those long johns. You'll feel sexy as hell. All right. Um, there was footage of Ted Cruz. He was in the airport and apparently he missed the check-in time for his plane. I'm actually a little bit surprised that Ted Cruz even needs to fly commercial like this, or that when he shows up to airports, they like there aren't just accommodations made for him. I'm almost a little bit suspicious of the fact that Ted Cruz is walking around amongst us, just living his life seemingly like a normal person, being frustrated with all the dealings with an airline. And so the video footage isn't that good. Of course, you, know, you don't get the whole thing, but they were claiming that at one point he said to them, do you have any idea who I am? And I'd like to point out for any single person out there who's an individual of power, start the conversation with who you are. If you start the conversation with who you are, then you don't come off as, hi, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Ted Cruz. I'm a United States Senator. It's telling me that I can't check into my plane. You start your conversation, you just throw down the gauntlet of who you are, then you're never doing that prick thing of, do you have any idea who I am? Because once you say that, once like someone's not doing what you want, and then you have to throw down your, your dick of, oh, but I'm this person, and so I'm supposed to be, then everyone gets a little annoyed. You're like, all right, you're being a dick. But if you just show up and you introduce yourself, hi, my name is uh, Ted Cruz. I'm one of the most powerful senators. I'm from uh, Texas, and uh, I really do like this airport that you have here. Things look very nice, and I like how well everything is running, and I can't wait to write a letter to the CEO saying how accommodating you've been and the service that their airport gives. With that being said, it is telling me that I can't check in for my flight, and it's very important that I'm able to get back to Washington so I can accuse Supreme Court justices of being pedophiles. So I do hope that you can help me out with this situation. That's just the smoother way to approach it. You know what, senators? Hire me. I can help you guys out. All right, next story, and this one's also about Ted Cruz, is, um, or is it? Or they're playing the video. We don't need to watch the video. It's not that good. Um, they were accusing Ted Cruz that after he got up and he accused the, uh, the Supreme Court justice of, uh, you know, being protective of pedophiles, and uh, I'll be honest, I probably got to give that stuff another watch. I know everyone's coming at it. That's the problem with like, it's it's the same thing as when the left calls somebody a racist and all of a sudden you defend it. And then you're like, you're, you're, you're living in this little swamp land of defending people for not being, this is the same thing. The second anything pedophile happens, you start coming off like you're pro pedophile. If you're just trying to be like, whoa, wait, what's going on? And so if the, if the Republicans had come forward, and they said, hey, listen, we think we've got an issue here. We got this leftist asshole who's a little bit too soft on crime. And here's some examples. And falling into those examples was the pedophilia thing. I'd be like, all right, maybe you do have an issue that someone's going to be on the Supreme Court that they're too soft on crime. Uh, I don't know. The claim was a little bit too loose and it was a little bit too technical. And it seemed like they were just it, 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 if things need to be so legally technical, like it, that even Ted Cruz's knows that most people aren't going to be able to follow quite what the issue is. 
I'm just going to say not that big of an issue. But you know what? Maybe I got to rewatch it and maybe I'm wrong on this one. But anyways, they were giving Ted Cruz shit that he was sitting there and he was checking Twitter right after he made this presentation and he was grilling the Supreme Court justice. And they're giving him shit for it, except that the last president, I mean, not Biden, the one before that, he won the job because he was good at Twitter. Like Twitter, that's like real-time feedback. If anything, that's like going, you're an NFL coach and you're going to the tape. You want to see how you did. How cool is that? You can get real-time feedback on your performance and you can see, oh, did I come off like a jackass? Did people get what I was going for? Do I need to be more clear? Like why, why would anyone be annoyed at him for going to, that's not being petty. That's called being, that's called caring and being good at your job. Um, all right, then here was another big story. And uh, I might also drop a comedy uh, clip in here if I have a good tape, because I was, I was goofing on this one on stage. I had a good time with it. Uh, and I was surprised that the audience got on board, which is always, that's what's fun when the uh, Meekhawks show up. So you got this uh, trans swimmer lady shows up, uh, number 495 competing as a male, number one as a lady. Um, and th this person's really, th 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 the transgender lady is not making ladies look very good right now. Because first and foremost, they're really showing off the fact that women athletes are just not good at their jobs, right? That's the first thing. You got this person just showing off that like, hey, you guys really aren't good at this. Like you're only good at this if the people that are good at this aren't here. That's one. And then two is if there's one thing that you would think women are great at, like no one's better than women at, it's complaining and getting their way. Except now they're number two in this. This is rocks, paper, scissors, shoot. It used to be women complain, hey, male, you're making me uncomfortable. Woman gets their way. But now if you got transgender person complaining to woman, or I don't even know if that's the accurate, I guess woman who has become woman is actually superwoman. It's like woman squared because she opted into being lady. And so then the natural born women, maybe that's offensive too, then have to go with the, the will of the of the person who opted into being woman. So the, the category here uh, for everyone listening, who's not looking at the article, this is from the daily mail exclusive. We're uncomfortable in our own locker room. Leah Thomas, UPenn teammates tell how the trans swimmer doesn't always cover up her male genitals when changing and their concerns going ignored by their coach. Uh, which apparently in order to compete in women's sports, you don't even need to have lady parts. I mean, that's pretty great. You can just identify as being a lady. You can keep your dick. And then the second I heard that, I was like, wait, she was wearing like a female bathing suit. Like, can you see her? And then you can't, it would have been way cooler if she had a giant hog. If she was in there, it was floating behind her, almost looked like a propeller or like it was floating above the water. And people are like, it did like, uh, almost look like, uh, the thing that comes out of submarines. People are accusing her of cheating. They're like, she's breathing through her dick. That's not fair. Uh, but so not only does she apparently um, still have her, her, her wiener, uh, but apparently here, let's read it. We can, we can read the article. It's right here. Let's give it a, let's give it a read. One of Leah Thomas's teammates tells delimail.com. They feel uncomfortable sharing a locker room with the transgender UPenn swimmer. It's definitely awkward because Lisa still has male body parts and is still attracted to women. She said, the swimmer said that multiple teammates have raised their concerns with their coach, trying to get Thomas ousted from the female locker room. We were basically told that we cannot ostracize Leah um, by not having her in the locker room and that there's nothing we can do about it, she said. The teammate added that, you know, it went from believe all women to unless there's a trans person, then in which case, you know, there's a hierarchy here. And I'm sorry to say, but not only are women bad at sports, they've also been batted down uh, the, the respect hierarchy of who can, you know, just get their way because they get to claim on this category of, of thing, except that I, it, it should be equal. It should be equal converted to a lady. It should be lady status. And so it should be majority rule at that point. If 10 people are saying they're uncomfortable against the one person, 
but that's not the way they're working it now. Thomas previously competed in UPenn's men's swim team for three years uh, before transitioning in 2019. All right, here's one more paragraph from this. It's really upsetting because Leah doesn't seem to care how it makes anyone else feel. The swimmer continued, the 35 of us are just supposed to be accepting, being comfortable in our own space and locker room for like the feelings of one. All right, you know what? I'm, I'm pro-freedom. I'm pro-people doing them. I think the uh, being in sports and taking opportunities and scholarships from people who really only got it by complaining that, hey, how come the men are getting scholarships? I know what we're doing is not as interesting and no one cares about it, but the men are getting scholarships. And then someone new comes along and then they complain their way into taking what the women had. And it, it's it, it, it's confusing times. I just like the grin of this coach. He's like, hey, we're winning. How many people you think are going to sit down, like coaches are going to sit down with some kid and be like, listen, you're not good enough for college unless you want to go ladies. If you want to start getting on the hormones, and you want to go ladies, I think we could probably get you a scholarship if uh, maybe division two, I'm not sure about division one. Uh, but if we start getting you on estrogen now, I think you might have a future. You might be able to get yourself a scholarship. All right, here's the latest news out of the white house. Let's take a, let's take some comments. Let's see what people have to say. Sweet petite saying funny material. Thank you, sir. Then we got spring best followers, primes and viewers on my stream. Uh, store. Remove this space. All right. I guess spammers have managed to find us. I cannot laugh at picturing a dick windmill. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the latest news out of the White House. So we've got Jen Psaki. Uh, I think she's been boosted. I think she's gotten herself vaccinated. And I think she's putting up decent Corona numbers. I'm non-vaccinated. I've only had Corona twice. And I think me and Psaki are equal. If we were competing for who could get Corona more, I think me and Psaki uh, have put up uh, similar Corona numbers at this point. And so here was her quote. She had to miss her trip to Europe, which was tough for Biden because it meant that he had to actually do his own lying. And uh, it's much easier for Biden if he's got someone else there who can actually handle questions. So here was her quote. I'm sharing the news of my positive test today out of an abundance of transparency, an abundance of an abundance. It's like, no, that's what every single person who's ever gotten sick from Corona had to do with their job. That's what every, that's not an abundance of transparency. You're not some glowing beacon of angelness for sharing this information with us that otherwise it's just called you got Corona and you couldn't show up for your job and you have one of the most public jobs in the entire world. So there was no way that you were just, oh, except Fauci. Fauci somehow managed to disappear from the scene for exactly three weeks. We don't know what kind of Corona or AIDS that guy was dealing with. He was just gone. So maybe it is abundance of transparency. Maybe I'm being too hard on the lady. And here was the other thing. I was real disappointed in this. There was this new book came out that was uh, supposedly trashing uh, uh, Kamala Harris. They were talking about how much of a witch this lady is, how how terrible she is. And they, they were going off. And then there was no bombshells. That, that's what always happens. Like, firstly, I don't think anyone ever buys these books because they're one little interesting piece of any of these books. When people leave like political office, it goes into the newspaper and then it's never even that good. It's like, it, it's always a soft claim. So first they're saying Jill Biden didn't want Kamala Harris as Joe's running mate. And of course, women don't like other women. No one hates women more than other women. So of course she wasn't into it. And then here was the big claim that she would walk into the White House and people would be standing up for, for, uh, for Joe. But the reason they're standing up for Joe is because they're not sure when he's going to collapse. It's like when an old guy walks into where you're like, shit, I got to help him to the stairs. Like literally every time Biden walks into the Oval Office, everyone's got to stand up and like, you know, kind of protect the sharp corners. And so she gets offended. She Every time she walks into the Oval Office, she's going, hey, I'm walking in. Come on, I'm walking. And then, all right, here's the thing. This is the juiciest thing you've got on Kamala Harris. I've seen this lady on TV. She is not a likable person. You're telling me the best thing you've got 
to prove the bitchiness of this lady is that she was telling people that they had to stand up. And then this bothered me too. So then she was apparently upset that she uh, was being photographed for Vogue and they sent her one picture and that's gotta be a cool moment. You're like, Hey, I'm going to be a fashion icon. I'm going to be in this magazine. First black lady, vice president. They're going to profile my style. And then she was very upset with the picture that they put out. And then, you know, the press was giving her a hard time. And then I looked at it. It's a bad picture. It looks like that face you make when you took a giant shit in a public restroom and you walk out and then there's a person the opposite gender and, and you just kind of have to make that face of like, yeah, I took a giant shit in there. It's not a very confident look. It looks, it looks like an uncomfortable, the other lady that she did when, when, when she's in the blue dress, right? She's got a bit of a power look. It's got a bit of a, Hey, none shall pass. If I'm walking into rooms, people better fucking stand up for me. And if not, I'm going to figure out how to get their sentences lengthened for their stay in prison without evidence. That's the kind of face that she gives off the confident folded arm. Look, the other look where she's kind of holding the hands wearing the black. Now I get why she was upset with this. Let me say, you wouldn't think I'd be coming to the defense of Kamal Harris, but in this one, um, I think, uh, these aren't that flagrant. You want to write a book and tell me terrible things that Kamala Harris has done, it's got to be more than people weren't standing up for her. All right, let's read this. In the book, Martin and Burns also details Harris' dissatisfaction with her policy agenda, writing that the vice president staffers proposed for her to oversee relationship with Nordic countries to no avail. The author described the proposal as a low-risk diplomatic assignment that might have helped Harris get adjusted to the international stage in welcoming venues like Oslo and Copenhagen because there's no work there. How great is that to show up and go, hey, can I can I work with the people that we get along with and there's no problems with and then claim a victory. I'm looking to claim a victory. Can you put me on some? It's like if a project was already completed, if there was a marketing campaign that made your company millions or like, Oh, can I just get put on that team and claim that claim that I did it? Uh, however, the idea was reportedly not well received for the book. White house aides rejected the idea and privately mocked it. Martin and Burns wrote more irritating to Biden aides was when they learned the vice president wanted to plan a major speech to outline her view of foreign policy Biden aides vetoed the idea. All right. In New York City, uh, they are getting rid of the requirement for pro athletes or performers to be vaccinated. Now, if you're a factory worker and there's no television cameras around to see the fact that you're not able to work your job. Actually, you know what? I don't know the full extent of this law, but I do know that it's bullshit that you have an, an issue with Kylie Irving and all of a sudden, like, it's just on TV. Oh, yeah. Our policy makes no sense. And you're like, all right, well, how do we impose this policy on people that won't be on TV so that no one knows that we're fucking people over? Uh, this is a win for me because, uh, you know, uh, I don't like paying medical bills. So this is from the New York Times. Credit companies will remove stains from repaid medical debts. Uh, and I don't have any debt whatsoever, with the exception of every once in a while, you go to a doctor's office, you hand them your card. You're like, hey, uh, what do I owe you? You owe us nothing. And then they send you a bill or sometimes they invent some lab bills or sometimes they invent some fees and they can go fuck themselves. The fees that they'll create, oh, it's a new, I'm not a new patient. I came here for a COVID test and you told me it was free. Don't give me a $250 bill for being a new patient. So here's the good news. Anything under $500 is no longer going to be reported to uh, credit agencies. And beginning, this is from the New York Times, and beginning in the first half of 2023, the credit reporting company said they will exclude unpaid medical collection debts under 500, which sounds good until every medical company just starts billing you 501. Like, you know, because they're going to know that too. And here's why this probably happened is that all these medical officers are such fucking dickheads that there's people like me, perfect credit, always paying their bills. And at some point, the credit agencies were realizing like, oh, this doesn't work. These medical officers are so bad with their billing. It's not a good indicator of people that won't pay for shit. So good. 
the medical companies fuck themselves over. Or maybe what it is, is the, co the country's starting to realize, hey, there's no reason for us to uh, even be keeping these credit scores because no one's going to afford a house anyways. Unless you're super rich and you can just afford it outright, you're, they're not getting a mortgage. It's going to be five, six, a million percent. And then home prices are going to be coming down at the same time. All right, I don't know what I'm talking about. Next article, Trump sues Hillary Clinton and DNC, alleging conspiracy to link his campaign to Russia. Uh, so, you know, basically we're finding out more and more information from this Durham investigation of just how badly Hillary Clinton and the deep state went after Trump, tried to ruin his presidency. He's going to try and sue her in court. And uh, like I was talking about the rocks, paper, scissors shoot of that uh, trans comfort over women's comfort. There's something about that, like Trump just beats Clinton. Do I think this is going to actually go to court? He's going to take her down? Probably not, but it could be fun. It could be fun, especially if the two of them don't end up being able to run for presidency again. But then we just get like uh, almost a rematch, but it's uh, in regards to the court case. Could be a good time. All right. And now we've got uh, um, our noble leader, Hunter Biden. Uh, I mean, Joe Biden, letting us know that uh, there might be food shortages. Let's give this a listen. Yes, we did. Let's give a listen with no sound. And, uh, let's have no and sound, but let's listen to it. Right, Harold, I can get the sound on. It's not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. And uh, because both uh, Russia and Ukraine have been the breadbasket of Europe in terms of wheat, for example, just give one example. But we had a long discussion uh, in the G7 with uh, um, the uh, with both uh, the United States, which has a, as a significant, the third largest producer of wheat in the world, as well as Canada, which is also a major, major producer. And we both talked about how we could increase and disseminate more rapidly food, food shortages. And in addition to that, we talked about uh, urging all the European countries and everyone else to I hate half information. How bad are these food shortages going to be? Should we all be getting fatter? Should we be just like putting on like 25 pounds so that if there's three months that we can't eat, we could just be like drinking water and surviving it? Or should we be buying like just giant fucking freezers and stuffing them full of meat and making alliances with our neighbors that if anyone tries to come into the building, we fucking kill them because we're up on the roof. We're barbecuing every night and people are going, these guys have food. I mean, how bad are we talking here? Why are you like, usually they want to get up there and go, listen, everything's great because I'm in charge. And because I'm in charge, everything's going to be really great. And by the time three years from now, you need to vote for me again. You can only imagine how much better I'm going to make it. Very rarely do they go, hey, I might have fucked up here when I pushed Putin into a war. And uh, I didn't quite realize that I should have forecasted ahead of time and make sure that we had enough food and other supplies that this wouldn't be an issue and that people wouldn't die because of my decision. I mean, not just the Ukrainians, because we don't care about Ukrainian lives. That's not what we were concerned about when we pushed them into this war. And then we kept sending them guns and stuff so that they could continue fighting. Um, anyways, just can we get a full report on how bad this is going to be? Like, do I need to go listen to Alex Jones and find the My Patriot Supply and get 50,000 pounds of rice and other things that you may or may not be able to cook in a microwave and then discover it's kind of funny to order like 70 pounds of survival food without even tasting it. That's got to suck. If like you realized, like you invite people over, you're like, don't worry, I got a bunker and I got all this survival food. And then you find out like, it just wasn't even food. Cause it's a bucket. They're sending you a bucket and they're hoping that you never need to eat from that bucket. You don't know that that's food. How many times have you gone to a restaurant and you ate it and it wrecked your stomach? How many times in your life have you gone somewhere where someone presented something to you as being food and then it wasn't food? Can you only imagine 
how bad those those big ass buckets of survival gear is. All right, what else do I got going on? Um, this is from this is the latest in the war. Uh, this is from Week Magazine. Let's read a little bit of this. Russia pivots to liberating Donbas could just be a face saving move. So. Russia declared Friday that the first phase of its military operation in Ukraine was almost finished and would be uh, henceforth focused completely on liberating Ukraine's eastern Donbas region, which is controlled by Russian-backed separatists, uh, according to Reuters. Got to get real close to read this. The announcement suggests Russia President Vladimir Putin's troops are switching to more limited objectives after running into fierce Ukrainian resistance in the month of the war. Reuters writes, a senior diplomatic source in Moscow characterized the strategy the strategy pivot is a face saving move. And why, why do we got to call them out on this? Just be like, Oh wow, you guys are so accomplished. We really, we really shouldn't have, you know, provoked you. Look at how mighty rush is that you managed to take the Dombus and, you know, shame on you for stressing your might. And we're all super afraid that you might do it again. Like why, why do we got to make them feel shitty about it? Why don't we send them a medal and go congratulations on taking over the Dombus and, now let's work together so that the world doesn't starve next year and we don't have to be afraid of nuclear war. Why, why do we got to be shitty to be away with you? What do you want him to, to go, all right, fuck you. I'm going to, I'm not just taking Dombus. I'm going to take the whole fucking place. Biden says of Putin, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. So we had a bit of an issue here where uh, they actually let Biden speak. You know, they don't usually do that. And they usually try and keep him on script. And so in this case, he goes out to uh, Europe. He's making all sorts of speeches. He's like, wow, I'm actually in charge here. I'm taking planes that uh, Psaki's at home. She got Corona. I don't have Corona. I'm the alpha here. I'm going to talk my mind. And so he says, we got to take out Putin. This guy can't stay in power. And so instantly the team gets on it. They address what was said. Uh, here is, this is from the Hill. Blinken, U.S. not seeking regime change. I think the president, the White House, made the point last night that quite simply, President Putin cannot be empowered to wage war, engage in aggression against Ukraine or anyone else, Blinken said during a visit to Jerusalem, according to multiple news reports. As you know, and as you have heard us say repeatedly, we do not have a strategy for regime change in Russia or anything else for that matter. His statements come after Biden said Saturday that Putin can't remain in power. They might as well just come forward and go, listen, he says dumb shit. That's, that, that's why we voted for him. Everyone's got their thing. His thing is he said dumb shit. He said dumb shit. And also, I don't understand this entire thing. It's like, okay, so then what is the goal here? If 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 you don't want regime change in Russia, and like, what you want Putin to get up and go, hey guys, I'm sorry for what I did, and so I'm going to pay everybody money as reparations that I'm going to impose on myself because I really learned my lesson about going and invading other countries. So I'm going to stay in charge because I'm 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 better informed. Like, are they hoping that Russia goes through some like corporate restructuring where Putin remains in charge, but he's learned his lesson? Like, what exactly? If you don't like, what what is the plan here? So we're we're not at war. We're going to send some supplies, but not enough supplies. We're going to be at fearful. We're going to continue to buy their energy, or other countries are going to continue to buy their energy. We're going to sanction them in other capacities. We think that he's guilty of war crimes, and what he's done is the most evil thing ever. But, we, but he should keep his job. I mean, we're not saying that war criminals shouldn't be able to keep their jobs or run their countries. That, that's, not, that's not the ideal here. It's like, can we, can we get clear messaging? And then this was funny. This is from The Atlantic. You know, they're trying to uh, defend Biden. Um, you know, it's the, it's the road game setup. It's not that easy for me to see this shit. All right, let's read it. The Atlantic. But Biden broke his long streak of message discipline. Isn't that funny? 
Isn't that a funny way of saying that the guy, like usually Biden is better at not being a dumbass. In this case, he broke his policy of not being a dumbass because he got a little bit cocky and he realized uh, he forgot that he's just supposed to read the teleprompter. All right. And then we've got Russian general claims only 1,400 Russian troops have died in Ukraine. And before we start screaming that this figure is inaccurate, I think they count Russian soldier lives. It's a little bit like dog years because they, they so don't care about their army and military that that 1,400 figure might actually be more like the figures that we've been seeing. It's just like a different way of doing the uh, record keeping. And then this is out in Iran. We're shaking up everything. Now that we're at war with Russia, we need new allies. We're going to be buying coal from North Korea. We're going to be going down to Venezuela. We're going to be buying their oil. Now we got to figure out the situation in Iran. We need to make enemies out of our allies and our allies into enemies. It's a big, it's a big shakeup. Things are going to get confusing for the next election. Season four of 45 or whatever we're up to in America, it's it's going to get interesting. So this is from Reuters, US envoy not confident. Iran nuclear deal is imminent. So here's a paragraph from this article, but there are still outstanding issues. Kazari said, in order for the deal to be reviewed, Washington must remove the foreign terrorist organization designation against Iran's Islamic revolution. How does that work? How does someone go from being designated a terrorist to, oh, sorry, you weren't, a, we messed that up. Maybe they got to go through the same corporate restructuring Putin does to go from war criminal to person who should still be running a country. Um... All right, let's move ahead here a little bit. I'm going to cover one or two more stories, and I'm going to go hit the slopes. Hunter Biden helped secure funds for U.S. Biolab contractor in Ukraine emails. This is from the New York Post. They're claiming, and I was just thinking, can you imagine if with Hunter Biden, this entire crack thing was an, just an act, and if you really got inside the deep state, this was the guy who was, he, like, he was really pulling, pulling all the muscle. This is, you get into the deepest levels of the CIA and Hunter Biden's there. He's making all the decisions. It's either that or some very important world decisions are actually be made, being made on crack. It would be interesting for all the conversations that you see about geopolitics. You know, people are talking about how wars, they're being fought for oil. They're being fought for water. They're being fought for nickels and, and for, for uh, semiconductors and for all these supplies. How many decisions are being made by people that are just on a lot of drugs? Like, I remember I was once reading this book about Hitler. He's in that bunker and they're just slapping him full of uh, painkillers and amphetamine. And so he's out there waving his arms going, kill Jews, kill Jews, kill Jews. And that was because he was all fucking amped up on drugs. How often are people that are just amped up on fucking drugs making reckless decisions? Uh, who's going to write that book? Who's out there wants to join me in writing the true tell-all of the political decisions in world history because you think about the weekends that you've done too many drugs and like the decisions you make on like a Sunday morning because you've been doing, you know, shit all weekend or like in a hangover. And then just imagine world leaders doing way more drugs than that and then making important decisions. All right. I think that's uh, that's all that we're going to cover today. We got it in. I'll probably be back on Tuesday or Wednesday with another morning briefing from uh, from the home studio. I uh, appreciate all of you guys for uh, hanging out with me. And that's it for today. Um all right, let's take a couple of comments off the bat. Sam, hey, Rob, are you and Dave coming to Chicago soon? Any dates decided? We There's a Chicago date in the works. We've got a venue trying to lock down a date. Uh, ticket links will be up as soon as that's confirmed. Uh, definitely looking forward to being in Chicago. It was a blast the last time. And from the amount of emails and stuff I'm getting from people going, Why, where's this date? Which uh, I guess Dave mentioned before we had locked down. I think uh, we're going to have some good sold out shows. Sweet petites. Disseminate food shortages. All right. 
St. Michael's, wasn't there some video of Hunter getting a foot job and smoking crap with the girl from Mulan? <laughs> and then Sarah Stern coming through, reminding everyone that crack is whack, unless your dad's the president, in which case you can take crack, fun bio labs. You can sit around, you know, like when you're on Coke and you're just saying dumb shit, like let's open a business and we're going to be able to change the world. And my plan for opening up a restaurant is going to, you don't understand my open faced tortillas that have extra beans in them are going to be a world changer. So imagine that, but you're the son of the president and you're like, if we just give enough money to Fauci to go over there and create a virus, and then we take all the natural gas and then People are like, oh my God, this kid's on crack, but we have to listen to him. So crack's not always whack. Sometimes it's actually hilarious if you have enough power that everyone has to listen to you. All right, last comment, and then we're calling it a day. Smoking crack is whack. Injecting it is the way to go. Dirty Mike, thank you for uh, coming through with the tips for anyone out there who is uh, considering going out and trying crack over the weekend. Uh, you know, it's still, it's Sunday. So there's still time. There's still time in your weekend. Every once in a while, if you spend Friday and Saturday, you realize you've done nothing fun or interesting. You don't want the entire weekend to go to waste. You're going to have to show back up to work on Monday morning, live your miserable fucking life just so you can have another weekend. And you can't just have another weekend where you just sit on your couch, do nothing, jerk off and watch Netflix. So, you know, why not try some crack? And so dirty Mike is there just reminding you that don't, you don't want to, you don't want to smoke it. You want to inject it. And uh, if you want to do safer drugs, I recommend your Kratom or Yo Delta sponsors of this show. Uh, if you're over the age of 21, you get your Yo Kratom, so you get an entire kilo of it and you know, you take it responsibly and then you just kind of have a nicer day or you take the Yo Delta gummies, you get high as shit. All right. That's it for today. Thanks everyone for hanging out with me. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday or Wednesday with another episode.